Welcome to this first edition of our to be regular six monthly roundup of all of the topical changes in insurance and pensions regulation. I'm Jimmy Pigger, I'm an associate in the financial regulation group in London, and I'm joined by two partners from the group, Alistair Holt and Seb Barling. Welcome Alistair, welcome Seb. Thanks Jimmy, good to be here. Thanks Jimmy, a real pleasure. So Alistair, before we get stuck in, um, as we're at the halfway point of 2023, um, I just wanted to hear your highlight and low light of the last six months. Um, and you can be as random and completely non-insurance or pensions related as you like. Well, I think, Jimmy, my highlight was that we got two kittens in our household uh, and that was real fun and that still is real fun. But my low light would be having to change the and clean out the litter tray every morning, which is a bit grim. Very good, very good. Uh, and Seb, over to you, your highlight and low light of the of the last six months. Sure. So the highlight was no doubt turning 40 earlier this year and having a good opportunity to catch up with family and friends. And my low light was exactly the same thing, turning 40 for obvious reasons. Very good. So Seb, you definitely don't look 40. Alistair, I had you down more as a dog man, but, uh, but there you go. So thank you both. Um, we're going to break this pod up into two parts. So in the first half, um, we're going to count down our top five insurance and pensions developments over the past six months. So essentially our in no way scientific rundown of what we think are the most interesting stories from the first half of this year. And then in the second half, we'll look ahead to the next six months uh, and we'll count down our top five uh, insurance and pensions things to come in the second half of this year. So again, similarly, completely unscientific, um, but each of those topics we think will be relevant um, to many, if not all insurers in the UK. So let's kick off uh, and we'll start with our top five developments from the from the last six months. Um, so starting with you, Seb, kick us off at number five. Thanks, Jimmy. So. I'm going to start off by mentioning the UK government's review of the senior managers and certification regime, which opened at the end of March. The Treasury's review is something of a curate's egg, and it's a bit of a surprise given the government recognises that there is broad support for the existing regime, although a review of it has always been planned. At this stage, it's unclear how the review will play out, but it's likely that even if changes ultimately amount to tinkering around the edges of the regime, there will be a number of relevant changes for insurers. Doing some crystal ball gazing, there may be adjustments to the frequency with which management and responsibility maps and statements of responsibility are needed. There's also likely to be some changes around what exactly is and is not a prescribed responsibility. But again, very much a wait and see, but we're not expecting anything completely transformational. Great, thanks Seb. So I'm going to pick up number four. So number four on our countdown, we have the FCA's consultation on proposals to help non-investment insurance customers in financial difficulty. Now, this stems from some guidance that was issued by the FCA back in 2020, which feels like a long lifetime ago now, but uh, uh, guidance issued in 2020 for insurers and premium finance firms to support customers in financial difficulty in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, COVID-19 is officially over, at least according to the World Health Organization, um, or the emergency is over at least, but the number of customers in financial difficulty continues to go um, in the wrong direction. So in that context, um, I think it's eminently sensible for the FCA to be tweaking and extending the scope of this guidance to all insurance, insurance customers in financial difficulty, particularly as that guidance looks at things such as uh, trigger points for when firms should act, 
and then how firms should subsequently de uh, deal with customers when who they know are in financial difficulty. The consultation closed on the 11th of March this year, um, and if carried through, that guidance is ultimately going to be folded into ICOPS 2 uh, and Principle 12 of the FCA of the FCA handbook. Uh, so I think you're going to pick up on uh, number three. Thanks, Jimmy. Yes, yeah, moving on to number three, we move from insurance to pensions and the thematic review that the FCA has launched into advice on retirement income. So we're now eight years on from pension freedoms, and the FCA wants to ensure that firms really understand customers' needs and that advice is consistently suitable for those customers. The thematic review will focus on how the market for retirement income advice is functioning and also how firms are responding to changing customer needs in light of the cost of living crisis. The review is underway and the FDA is aiming to publish a report of its findings in Q4 this year. Thanks, Alistair. So, Seb, getting to the getting to the business end, we are now at number two. Sure. So this is picking up on a topic that was published in the FCA's business plan earlier this year. And this was the greater regulatory oversight they're going to impose on appointed representatives, which will be particularly relevant to um, those insurers that rely on those as part of their insurance distribution network. With a view to reducing and preventing serious harm, the FCA has said it's going to test firms, including insurers, and in particular general insurer principals, to make sure they have effectively embedded the new rules for appointed representatives that they introduced at the end of last year. And this includes a 30-day pre-notification requirement for an AR can carry on regulated activities, more regulatory reporting, um, and annual reviews of appointed reps and self-assessment of principles. The regulator has also indicated that it will use improved data to target FCA scrutiny at the regulatory gateway and as part of its supervisory process. The FCA is going to continue to review the need for further policy or, side by side with the Treasury, legislative changes in this, in this space. So I think we can say that ARs are still very much under the spotlight from a regulatory perspective. Thanks, Sam. So, Alistair, so we're at number one. Over to you. Yeah, we've reached number one. And in that position, we have the UK government's consultation paper on a resolution regime for insurers. The consultation ran from January to April this year, and it's designed to enhance the modified insolvency regime for insurance that uh, is currently in place. The UK proposals are in many respects similar to the EU's proposed insurance recovery and resolution directives, albeit there are some differences, not least there'll be no minimum requirement for own funds or eligibility, um, eligible liabilities, otherwise known as MREL. The UK regime will apply to pretty much all UK regulated insurers, including reinsurers, with some limited exceptions. There's an awful lot to these proposals, but in short, the Bank of England has been earmarked as the resolution authority for, for, for these insurers, and they would be resolved if they fail or are likely to fail in circumstances where remedial action is unlikely and if resolution would be in the public interest. The regime would give the Bank of England various options in a resolution scenario, for example, transferring the insurer to a third-party buyer, bringing it into temporary public ownership, or reducing the claims of unsecured credit.
thanks Alistair. so we are done with the first six months of this year um so let's move on to our top five developments for the next six months um so moving into half two seb if you want to kick us off with number five thanks jimmy very happy to so i'm going to start by talking about pension dashboards and um, which may happen in the next six months. I say may because it's somewhat Kafkaesque in that they are constantly getting closer, but we never seem to quite get there. And um, there has been the recent announcement of further delays, um, which has been met with some further disappointment in the industry. That being said, um, you know, in the summer, the FCA is still expected to open its authorization gateway for firms looking to offer commercial pension dashboards. So that's a reminder to people that if they are thinking of operating a pensions dashboard, this is set to become a regulated activity in its own right. And firms, depending on their current regulated status, will either need to become authorised in their own capacity or vary their existing permissions, both of which can be a pretty onerous process. So firms should go into that with their eyes wide open. Thanks, Seb. Yeah, very disappointing um, updates on pensions dashboards. Feels like it's been going on for forever. Um, Alistair, so you're going to um, give us number four and three in our list. Yes. Thank you, Jimmy. So at number four and three, we've got some changes stemming from the financial services and markets bill. At number four, we have the decision to put the insurance subcommittee of the PRA practitioner panel on a statutory footing. This will take the guise of the new insurance practitioner panel. The existing subcommittee is maintained voluntarily by the PRA. Under the somewhat more formalised insurance practitioner panel, members will be appointed by the PRA other than the chair who will be appointed by the Treasury. More excitingly, perhaps, at number three is the framework for Solvency UK, further detail of which we can expect to emerge in the second half of this year. The bill facilitates the Treasury being able to implement Solvency UK by, first of all, revoking the Solvency 2 legislation and shifting responsibility to the PRA. In turn, the PRA will be able to replace Solvency 2, as it's been on George, with a new regime embedded within its rulebook. It can be expected that, that the PRA will take this opportunity to make some targeted amendments to these rules. Thanks, Alistair. So I'm going to pick uh, number two back up. So uh, nearly there with our list. Um, and at number two, we have the likely changes to FSCS protection, so the Compensation Scheme Protection um, that's available in the UK. So the FCA is particularly keen to ensure that uh, redress systems deliver timely and fair complaint resolution and ultimately compensation to customers. And while the PRA is responsible, generally speaking, for rules on claims in connection with insurance provision, for pensions, the changes may be quite significant. The FCA's feedback statement from last December um, highlighted that pension claims dealt with by the FSCS are not often compensated in full. Uh, and so um, some alternative limits were suggested, and these included in full, i.e. no limit compensation, capping at the FOS maximum award limit, uh, which at the time was 375,000. Um, and that's uh, now out of date news because it's now 415,000, uh, or indeed capping at the now axed um, lifetime allowance. So lots to play for here. Um, and the FCA is expected to consult on proposed changes later this year with a particular focus on whether it would be appropriate to increase compensation limits for certain pension claims. And so with that, we are going to move on to number one. And Seb, that's over to you. Thanks. I don't think there will be any surprises as to what is number one. So somewhat predictably, this is the consumer duty. 
The immediate deadline for insurers and pension providers is fast approaching. The duty comes into force on the 31st of July 2023 for existing products and services. At Linklaters, we've already published lots of guidance for insurers on the duty and would recommend looking at our dedicated web pages for more information. We'll post a link in the pod description. In the meantime, I think three quick points to recap on this. The duty will apply to retail customers. For insurance, this means the scope will typically align with ICOPS and the FCA handbook. Um, the duty will not apply to reinsurance or contracts of large risk, and the duty will also not apply to activities related to the distribution of group insurance or the extension of such policies to new members. And secondly, many of the elements of the consumer duty echo existing requirements. In particular, PROD4 includes requirements for end-to-end product design, approval, marketing and management, which are in many respects akin to the product and services outcome of the duty. On that basis, the FCA has confirmed that firms can choose to comply with the rules in PROD or those under the products and services outcome. Failure to comply with PROD will be treated as a failure to comply with the duty. All of that being said, Um, and this is our third point, the consumer duty is a step change for insurers and firms shouldn't take the new requirements lightly. Whilst the pressing deadline is of course for existing products and services, in the second half of 2023, firms will need to ensure their plans for legacy products and services are also advanced. The FCA appears to be especially concerned about legacy life pension providers and has warned such providers in stark terms that many firms are underestimating the work required. But certainly there should have been a fair amount of heavy lifting on this already. Thanks, Seb. So it's definitely, definitely not TCF all over again. This is this is this is very different. This is very much a step change, even for insurers. I think who aren't necessarily operating from a from a standing start when it comes to consumer duty principles, etc. Regulators would definitely agree with that. And so on that stark note, um, we have reached the end of our countdown. Um, we hope this has been a a useful whistle stop tour um, of what continues to be a very busy regulatory space. Um, we are going to produce another one of these um, pods at the end of the year. So doing our kind of wrap up of the next six months and then looking ahead to a similarly jam packed, we expect 2024. If you have any questions, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can get in touch um, with your usual link latest contact um, or indeed if you'd like to speak to one of us directly, you can find our contact details on linklotus.com. So. Just to say thank you to Alistair and Seb for joining. Um, And thank you once again for joining us and wishing you all a very happy summer.